0: Welcome to episode 115 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. I am your host, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as a civil engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book called Engineering Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, myself and my co-host, Chris Knutson, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. I've also had the honor of authoring the American Society of Civil Engineers Careers and Leadership column for the past few years. At the Engineering Management Institute, we believe that in order to be the best civil engineer you can be, you must consistently get better. Get better at your craft, your people skills, and as a leader. And that's why we publish this free podcast, to help you do just that. In this episode, I will be bringing you with me to Fort Worth, Texas, where we are going to sit down with Stephanie Buckingham, an associate professional in talent development and part of Freeze and Nichols organizational development team to talk about dealing with difficult people on your engineering projects. We all have to do it on a very regular basis. Stephanie is responsible for designing and delivering training for Freeze and Nichols employees, clients, and community members in the areas where they serve. Her training focuses on communication, presentation skills, personality styles, emotional intelligence, and ethics. Stephanie is a Vital Smarts certified Crucial Conversations and Crucial Accountability trainer. She also serves on the Association for Talent Developments Program Advisory Council for the ATD Annual International Conference and Exposition. Now, this is the start of a bit of a road trip for the Civil Engineering Podcast. We'll be traveling through Texas a bit, so the next few episodes will be from different locations in Texas, mostly in Fort Worth and Austin area. And then later on in the month, we're headed to Orlando for the ASCE Structures Congress, and we'll do an episode from there as well. We've got a couple of other fun things planned, so I hope you're enjoying the podcast and we're going to keep trying to change it up for you. I know we've done a lot of work in the Northeast because that's where we're based out of, but we are trying to get around the country and maybe even into California in the fall. So before we get started with Stephanie, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it free. So please support them. Now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI, by asking you to listen up later on in this podcast for my advice on how to advance your career in 2019. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical tips and time-tested resources for your civil engineering licensure exam. Please don't miss it. And also, we're broadcasting this podcast on YouTube as well. So you can see me visiting Stephanie down at the offices of Freeze and Nichols. We've now published six civil engineering podcast episodes on YouTube. And again, it's just so that you can see that we're actually here. We're actually meeting people. We're doing this. And gives you a little bit of a different view. So you can just go to YouTube and type youtube.com forward slash engineering careers, and you'll see our channel with the Civil Engineering Podcast playlist. Now, let's jump into our Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week and talk about dealing with difficult people. Civil Engineering Podcast.
1: Civil Engineering Podcast.
0: Anthony Fasano here from the Engineering Management Institute, and I'm delighted to be here in Fort Worth, Texas at the headquarters of Fries and Nichols, and I'm here with Stephanie Buckingham. Stephanie, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So Stephanie and I got connected because one of our listeners saw Stephanie speak on the topic of dealing with difficult people, which we're going to talk about today. But Stephanie, before we dive in here, in your own words, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do for Freeze and Nichols? Sure.
1: Yeah. So I'm in our organizational development department here at Freeze and Nichols. I do a lot of training for our staff, designing and developing training. I do a lot of group facilitation, team building type stuff. I do our new employee orientation, project manager training, all of those different big programs that we do, which is what I love because I get to see people on their first day and their first couple months, and then all the way through their development as they become an assistant project manager, project manager, leader, senior leader. It's just, I love being a part of an employee's life cycle.
0: Sure, yeah, you get to see the whole life cycle, which is very interesting, and so one of the, well, the main topic that we're going to focus on today is dealing with difficult people. And I think before we get into that, what I found about the world of civil engineering, practicing as a civil engineer myself and doing all these interviews, is that civil engineering is all about people. As yeah. much as we think it's about roads and bridges and buildings, which it is, but in order for those projects to be constructed, a lot of people have to come together and work together successfully. Yes. Yeah. And so, which is why we need people like Stephanie involved in our industry, involved in companies and helping people to work together. So, before we start on this topic, give the audience an idea of, you know, what makes you speak on this? In other words, you had some training or I know you've done some different things. So give us a background on that.
1: My background, I graduated with a marketing and management degree from Texas Tech. And then when I got into organizational development, my boss sent me off to get trained in crucial conversations That's a book and a training that we use internally for all of our employees in their first three years. It really dives into how do I formulate and have this conversation with someone who I may not like or has been mean to me or is just difficult to work with. So I've been trained on that and then Crucial Accountability followed Crucial Conversations. I've been trained in both of those so I'm certified to teach that to our staff. And I really lean a lot on that information, those books, and bring that into this difficult people class so that we can really use some tools that are founded in research and and all of the great things that they've put together And that Crucial Conversations team has really found to be successful with leaders.
0: That's great because, I mean, like I said, civil engineering is about people and all types of people, right? Different personalities, different backgrounds, different knowledge levels, different experience levels. And so putting them together in the same place, the same project, same site meeting, can become challenging, quite honestly. Let's dive into this a little bit here. There's some specific points that we want to talk about. And the first thing in dealing with difficult people is kind of the getting to the root or the root of difficult people talk about that a little bit
1: yeah and, and I think you really hit it on the head when people come in with different experiences different backgrounds different upbringings and all of that affects the way that we interpret situations right and so if uh, one of the examples that I use is if you grew up and it was really important that you were on time to every single thing. Mm-hmm. And your parents just really beat that in. You know, If, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. That, right. that type of mentality. And that's how you grow up. And you think, okay, if I'm not on time, that's bad. Then you start working with people who may have grown up differently. Maybe it was, if you got there a little late, that's okay. Right. And so you put all this judgment around being late as a really bad thing. Now you're interacting with people who didn't grow up the same way. And it's just a great hmm. opportunity for conflict. That's just a a simple example but upbringing has a lot to do with sure. with why we interpret things as good or bad
0: you previously developed habits and thought patterns exactly
1: and exactly and then also with difficult people you know when i see people interacting and having a hard time i think there's a lot of insecurity that goes mm. on and and when we're insecure and when we're feeling vulnerable that's when we tend to act out or we tend to act in ways that aren't our best selves. So insecurity, sometimes people just need attention and they, by acting out or by being obnoxious or whatever, they get that attention that they're really seeking. And then discomfort. I think Hmm. a lot of times maybe the pressure's on you and so your natural response is, well it's not me, It's, it's all these other people. It's a problem out there. Just trying to distract from the fact that you're uncomfortable. So those are, I would say again, just to recap would be insecurity yeah. and discomfort. Those those are the two biggest ones that I see.
0: Right. So when you're in a situation where you're dealing with someone that is, is being difficult, you gotta go beyond the surface that's and you have to understand, you know, there may be a reason that they're doing that. Not to necessarily make the project difficult, but because you know they're insecure or they're not comfortable or they're looking for attention or whatever the case may be. And I know we had some issues with my son growing up, like behavior and stuff, and I remember the one uh, person that came in to help us with that, she said, you know, a lot of times the behavior is just a cry out for attention. Yes. Right? And you could translate that into the corporate world. Oh,
1: yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Just a cry for attention. And I'll give you a great example. I was in Corpus Christi last week, and I'm going through TSA, and it's a small airport, and the TSA agent said, hey, you've got you have something that's over three ounces in your bag. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. And she said, do you want to go run it out to whoever dropped you off? And I said, no, actually, I, I started in Dallas. I, that's where I flew out from. And she's, and I didn't say it in, in a negative way, or I didn't think I had a tone. Maybe I did. But she said, well, it's like speeding. You don't always get caught.
0: Uh.
1: Oh. And that put me on the defensive because she kind of took my meaning the wrong way right. and put me on the defensive and so not the best version of myself i said should you really say that out loud right, <laughs> as we're yeah. going through security <laughs> but i think later i was reflecting on that because i had to teach a crucial conversations class right. for, uh, last week and and i thought why might she have acted this way She she's probably uncomfortable she probably gets that comment all the time well this other airport they let me through right And I could see how she interpreted my comment as, well, I got through at Dallas, can't you just let me through here? And that was, in my mind, she was being difficult in the moment, but it was probably because she was uncomfortable, because people do this to her all the time. Yeah. Sure.
0: And she was trying to defend herself against, like, what you were saying. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good point. You have to think beyond just the surface and, again, what's going on in your project teams and things like that when something like this happens, because oftentimes you'll get results quicker and you know, better results if you go to the root of it. And, and also by going to the root of it like anything else, you'll probably solve the issue for a longer period of time than yeah. if you just kind of put a Band-Aid on it and you know, have a quick conversation with that person and then it's just going to resurface a couple of days later.
1: Absolutely.
0: So it's getting to the root to really help with that. All right, so the next point I want to get into a little bit is we all encounter difficult people at some point, yep. especially in civil engineering, like I said, on these projects and, and meetings, et cetera. When you have an encounter with someone, how can you get back on track after that and you know, get yourself mentally back on track for your projects and your clients? And-
1: yeah, I think getting back on track, the, our former CEO, Bob Pence, he always said, bad news doesn't get better with time. And <laughs> with difficult people, the longer you wait to have a conversation and address the problem, the worse it's gonna get. The worse it's gonna get, the bitterness builds up or they, you know, you start to, every time you see that person, you start to interpret that that look like, oh, they're mad. Or it just leaves so much room for more things to go wrong. So getting back on track, I think the best thing to do is have the conversation, have that, that tough conversation, right. but back up a little bit and say, take some good planning time. How can I, taking time to plan out what am I gonna say? What are the real issues involved? Like you mentioned, you don't wanna just have this one conversation and now the thing happens, the same thing happens again. Well, maybe a single instance of that problem happened, but I need to address the pattern or what I'm feeling towards this person because of what they've done. And I think that takes some planning, it takes some thinking through. For me, personally, it takes talking to someone, a mentor or a mm. good friend, someone who I can bounce, bounce things off of, and not someone who's gonna be like, yeah, he's a jerk, or right. she's, a, <laughs> she's terrible. It's not that kind of person, but someone who can say, yeah, you're right, or that probably won't sound very good. Right. I, I, for her listening to that, that probably won't sound very good, or he might respond better if you say it this way. I really need that. I know some people don't. Some people might be able to just write their thoughts out and then be able to deliver it. But for me personally, it takes planning yeah. and talking to somebody.
0: I mean the bottom line in terms of dealing with difficult people is you gotta have a conversation with them, right? There's Absolutely. no way around it. I mean Absolutely. if someone came to you and said I'm having an issue with someone on my project, they're really difficult to deal with, yes. your recommendation would be you need to sit down with them. I mean, you need to get to the root of the problem, and you do that probably by sitting down with them, right?
1: Absolutely. And I'll give you a great example one I hear all the time from our project managers. They say, I need, I'm working with younger staff, engineers in training, and they, I have this certain expectation, and they're not meeting it. And how do I fix them? Yeah. <laughs> That's usually the question. And my question back to them is, well, have you set the expectation? Right. And do they understand the expectation? The engineering training, do they understand? Right. Well, I told them when we started, when we set the project up six months ago or whatever like that. And so I think it's about expectations. The biggest thing is let's have a conversation about expectations and say, okay, here's what I was thinking we were going to do. Here's where we're coming in. Right. How can we address the gap? And one of the things I love, the points they make in Crucial Conversations is taking a non-judgmental, taking a curious attitude. I want to come from a standpoint of curiosity and not from my way is the only way. How can I be curious about why you're, you may not be delivering on this expectation? Hmm. Maybe I didn't set the expectation from the get-go. Maybe I assumed you knew how to do something you didn't. Right. And how can we have this conversation to really get at the heart of the gap in expectations?
0: Yeah, that's great and that's a perfect example. I see that happen all the time with engineering managers where They expect something, but they never made it clear what they expected, and then they get angry at the people that didn't bring it to the table. So if you're dealing with a difficult person, you've got to have the conversation with them. You've got to get to the root of the issue. And then really, as we were saying, to get back on track and to get things back going again, you have to come up with a plan, potentially, plan to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And I'm assuming that if you can get to the root of the person— You understand the challenge and then you could put something in place to make sure it doesn't happen again and in this example maybe the managers meeting with them on a regular basis to make sure the expectations are clear you know maybe they change slightly maybe someone has questions right so flush it out once but then make sure you put something in place to avoid it from happening again so that you can get back on track everybody can get back on track and go about on their projects
1: so one other thing that I think is really important is the attitude that you come in with. And I see people like, oh, I'll be curious, I'll ask lots of questions, I'll I'll address the expectations, but they don't have the right attitude. They don't have the attitude of giving someone the best assumption, going in with the best assumption about the other person. And when I don't start with a positive assumption, that conversation is doomed from the get-go. So I have to make sure that my head is straight before I go in and even have that conversation. Maybe that's part of the planning process, but I think it's important to call that out because if you don't go in with the right attitude, it's not gonna be successful. Right,
0: so if you're going into the conversation like, oh, no, I gotta deal with this difficult person, this is gonna be a headache, and exactly. you're going in like that, you're starting at a major disadvantage in terms of flushing this out.
1: Exactly, or if you're, well, this person's just lazy. This right. engineer in training, they're just lazy. Making I saw them leave at five every day, yeah. And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe they go home at 5 every day because they got to go do something, but they get back on and work from right. 7 to 10 or maybe whatever. Maybe they started
0: early or Maybe something. they started early. Right. So
1: taking those kind of things into play, not just coming down hard, is, is super helpful.
0: All right, so next question for you is you're not always going to agree with people, especially when you get involved with these projects. We're dealing with contractors. We're dealing with architects. There's going to be disagreements. How do you disagree with someone while still being respectful to them?
1: It's tough. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend it in. It's not tough. I think you can disagree with me, but you can't disagree with the experience that I've had. I may see it one way, and in your eyes, it may be totally wrong, but it's not going to change what I'm thinking. So a better idea is saying, okay, I'm acknowledging what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I acknowledge that that's your experience. Right. And here's what my, and then I'm going to share my experience back so that we are able to... Say, that's fair, but here's how I see it. Okay, how do we come to a mutual understanding of path forward? Instead, because what I see a lot of times is people trying to argue with what you saw or argue with your experience. And that's just, that's not helpful. Another thing that I think is is helpful in this situation is when we have a difficult or a tense moment is to focus on the process and not Mm -hmm. the person. We can say, let's look at the process and see where there are gaps or where there are problems. Instead of Mm -hmm. pointing the finger and saying, well, the process is clearly with so-and-so over here. Or the problem is clearly with so-and-so. Then that person's going to check out and everyone else feels unsafe that they're next. That they're going to get blamed next. So we always want to try to focus on the process. Where are there gaps in the process and how can we fix them?
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that. I mean, as an engineer, I like going into the process and yes, figuring it out. Exactly. And I also just think, too, like you said, I mean, the way you even say something to someone like, you know, I've been I've had a lot of experience in this field and on a lot of the projects I worked on, this tend to work really well. Yeah. is better than coming and saying, no, this is definitely not going to work. I've seen this before.
1: Yes. Which is those are like the worst words ever. This will never work. Right. We've always done it this way. Right. The worst words you could ever say. Yeah. Well, we've never done it that way. We've always done it way. Not helpful.
0: Yeah. And I think you have to think of it in terms of if you're in the other person's shoes and someone comes up to you and says, your plan is never going to work. Yes. You're immediately going to become defensive. There's no way you're going to say, you know what? You're 100% right. What? Tell me what to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: yes, exactly. And
0: so we forget to like, you got to just turn it around for a minute and, you know, I also like to think of it as like a magnet, right? Like if I get angry at you off the bat, you're mm-hmm. going to just become angry at me. But if yes. I come in and try to be more respectful, then I'll probably get some respect back. So that's something to think about in a big way because those conversations happen every day in this industry in Oh, terms absolutely. Of disagreements and things absolutely. of that nature.
1: And we want to get back on track, so... We can get that project going and we're probably going to work with them, that person in the future. This is a right. It's a small world. People shift and all of a sudden now you're working with them in a different capacity. And if you haven't fixed that relationship where you can at least, you don't have to be best friends, but right. where you can at least work with each other and respect each other, then you're going to be, your career might be limited.
0: Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it is a small industry. As big as we think the civil world is, mm-hmm. you tend to work with a lot of the same people. All right, Stephanie, do you have any stories that have influenced your perspective on dealing with difficult people?
1: I do, and I'll share a couple that some people have shared with me that have really had an impact with me. The first one, I was doing some training with some people in the project management world, and we were talking about public meetings. No difficult people there in public meetings. (laughs) So this guy, he he had a lot of experience, and his role in the training was really to help share his experience, what he's seen over the course of his career. He's just a couple years from retirement, so his real goal is to mentor the younger staff. We're talking about techniques to work with people in public meetings to get the best results and things like that. He comes up to me after a break and he says, I turned a corner when I was in my early 30s when it came to public meetings. Okay, tell me about it. What happened? He said, there was this one public meeting that I was at, young guy, I thought Hmm. I knew everything. I thought I knew everything. And there was this guy that was in the audience and he kept saying, I'm new here and this is how we did it the other place. And I have all these ideas and I saw on the internet said this. And the the guy who's telling me the story, he says, what's your degree in? And it was something not engineering. He goes, let me tell you something. I have an engineering degree. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) He said it was a little more colorful than that, but pretty much the guy sat down, didn't say anything the rest of the time. And the guy said, in the moment, I felt really good. I felt like, yeah, I showed him. He was so obnoxious and I I told him what's up. Then afterwards, the guy left. Again, the guy was feeling really smug, self-justification. And then he said, that was on a Wednesday or Thursday night, he said the next Sunday, he goes to church. The guy shows up and joins the church. And this guy, the guy who's telling me a story, he was a leader in his church at that point. And he said, I will never forget the shame and embarrassment, I just felt so small and terrible in that moment.
0: Mm, that's a great story. And he
1: said, that changed my perspective in, in handling difficult people. He so, said, funny, no one else has joined my church after, after a public meeting. <laughs> but it changed the way he saw every single person in that room. That right. they could be joining his church or his kids' soccer team. Right. And how would it feel if he were to treat them the way he wanted to and tell them how wrong they were. Right. If he were to encounter them outside in, in the world, outside in the community. And that's really what his job is to support the community and, and help you know, build the infrastructure and all of that. And that was a turning point for him.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, and really, when you think about it, I mean, as good as it feels in the moment, like you yes. said, there's really no benefit to it. No benefit. I mean, there's nothing that good that comes out of it. I mean, the person doesn't feel good. I mean, you get a moment, you momentarily feel good and strong, but it's not really helping the cause. And quite frankly, if you do more projects in that town and that person keeps coming back, yeah. it could get worse unless you, you know, are respectful of them and get some information from them and listen. So it's a great story.
1: yeah. The other one that has really uh, sunk in with me, I guess, is I was visiting with someone else and they were saying, yeah, I feel like I've gotten better at dealing with people who are challenging. And I'm always curious, why'd you change? Because organizational development, I'm interested (laughs) in behavior change and things like that. So, Why'd you change? And this person said, well, one day I was letting this group have it. I was just so furious. I was just on the phone, letting them have it. I was in my kitchen, and all of a sudden, my kid walks by and says, really? And this person said, I was, again, I didn't know what to say, I didn't know what to do. That was that sinking feeling of, oh my gosh, this isn't the person that I I am. And I know this person, and I, I know that that isn't who they are, so I think it's, it was a powerful moment, not only for them, but also As they share that story out, they're like, oh, I need to think about that too. And we all have moments that we are thinking that wasn't the best answer I should have had or that wasn't the best response I could have had. And I think if we can identify those moments where we suddenly change or we we wanted to change, I think that can be really powerful, not only for ourselves, but to share with other people.
0: All right, so once again, we're here at Freeze and Nichols in Fort Worth, Texas, which I found out today is the 16th largest city in the United States. Yes, yes. I was telling Stephanie that from in the Northeast, a lot of people think of Dallas-Fort Worth kind of as like one city, they <laughs> kind of lump them together. <laughs> yep. But Fort Worth is certainly its own thriving city, So, and I'm happy to be here, happy to be here with Stephanie. We're actually going to take a break. We're going to come back in a minute, and we're going to finish up with our civil engineering hot seat segment, so we'll be right back. Civil Engineering Podcast.
1: Civil Engineering Podcast.
0: All right, now it's time for our Civil Engineering Hot Seat segment with Stephanie Buckingham of Freeze and Nichols. Today's Hot Seat segment is brought to you by our sponsor, PPI. Do you feel stuck in your job? Not sure how to move forward? All of us have been there at one point. One surefire way to move up in your career is to get your civil engineering license. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple print and digital review options is ppi2pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. They offer licensure exam prep for the FE civil, PE civil, and SE exams. So no matter where you are on your path to career advancement, you can count on PPI support. Take the first step towards making 2019 a great year for you professionally And check out everything PPI offers to make your journey to engineering licensure as smooth as possible. Save 15% when you use code EMI15 at checkout. Visit ppi2pass.com to find essential licensure exam prep books, digital review, and helpful tips and advice. That's P-P-I, the number 2, P-A-S-S dot com. All right, we're back here at Freeze Nichols in Fort Worth with Stephanie Buckingham, and it's time to put Stephanie on the civil engineering hot seat. Are you ready? I think so. All right, so first question. Are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning ritual or a lunchtime routine, something that contributes to you being a successful professional?
1: So I have a... Two year old and a three year old. Wow. Mo- <laughs> mornings are a little wild. I usually try to do a little workout in the morning. You, that doesn't always go well if I have uh, little interrupters or whatever. But my routine is after I drop the kids off, the drive to work is kind of my mm. quiet time. I'll listen to TED Talks or podcasts. Okay. That's great. During that time, it takes me about 15 minutes to get to work. So my commute to and from work, I can knock out a, a TED Talk for sure, usually a podcast, things like that. And it just kind of helps me get ready for the day. It helps me get kind of focused. I don't really listen to a lot of music on the way because I'd rather just get my head into the right spot going into work, thinking about already getting started for the day on business stuff.
0: All right. What is one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you found to be extremely helpful for you in your personal or professional development? I know we mentioned crucial conversations, so we can count that as one, but what's another one?
1: We also here at Fries Nichols, we encourage all employees in their first three years to attend training on QBQ, which is the question behind the question. Oh, yeah. We've
0: had him on the podcast as well. John John Miller.
1: Amazing points there. And Personal accountability is huge. Like It ties in so nicely with the topic of dealing with difficult people and taking accountability for my actions and my emotions and what I say, all of those things. So I can't say enough good things about QBQ and practicing personal accountability.
0: John actually sent me a copy of his QBQ book for parents,
1: Oh, (laughs) which is also
0: really good, actually. I bet.
1: I haven't read that, but I bet it's amazing.
0: That's good. So great. All right, so... Two more questions thinking about your managers in your career mm-hmm. different managers that you've had and you know you don't need to name names but if you were to pick one that you really liked what was the reason that that person was an effective manager or one of your favorite managers is there something that stands out for you
1: I mean I think when I think about an effective manager someone who has really gone to bat for me giving me opportunities that were maybe beyond what I could okay. do but still gave me enough room to try it out and say go do this and and I believe in you that kind of message going to QBQ a message of belief from a manager is has been really huge for me to grow in this field that I don't have I didn't go to school for organizational development so I really needed to be pushed into it and encouraged to go yeah you can do this go stretch yourself go learn I'll send you to training but come back and be better and do better and start something. And, and that has been really helpful for me to grow in my career.
0: Hmm, that's great. So having just a manager that believes in you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like like John Miller says, the, sending a message of belief that you can do this, but I'm also here if you need me.
0: Right. That's great. All right, before I go to the final question, I do have one more question that kind of just popped up for yeah. me. I mean, you're organizational development, so your job is to help people here develop. Essentially, oh, yeah. and, you know, deal with difficult people, develop their skill sets. I would think that, I mean, you also need to think about your own development. Mm-hmm. So it must become, It's. A, I think it's a challenge. I mean, I have to deal with it sometimes myself as well, is that when your job is other people's development, you must like look for ways to also continue to develop yourself. So.
1: Absolutely. Because you're right. In this company, we have 800 people, and my boss and I, are we're the only yeah. OD people, organizational development, I also have a PHR, Professional in Human Resources, so we have a, a few more human resource staff. But okay. when we're talking about development, it's only two of us. Yeah. So I do, I have to be really aware of how am I pushing myself out there. So I'm involved in Association for Talent Development. I sit on the planning committee to for the, our international conference. We draw about... Last year we had 13,000 people at our conference. Whoa! It's gigantic. This is so fun and I've learned so much, not only at the conference and at the planning meetings, but also having those connections. I can say, hey, we're doing some succession planning stuff. What do you do in right. your organization? And those connections have helped me tremendously. Someone said on that team, you need to go get your PHR. You need to go sit for this credential because it will help you in organizational development if you know more about human resources. I've mm, had informal mentors through that organization. So yeah, you're right, it is important that I'm not only thinking about my engineers and the managers in this company, but also how am I growing? Right. They're not gonna listen to me if I'm not doing it myself. Right,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's good to hear. And again, that's always a good point in terms of getting involved with outside associations, not mm-hmm. just signing up to be a member, uh, but getting actively involved can have a lot of benefits. All right, so Stephanie, last question. You get into an elevator with a civil engineering professional. You have about 30 seconds with him or her. And let's say they're you know younger, up and coming in their career. And you had to give them career advice. Ooh. What would it be?
1: <laughs> career advice, ask lots of questions. Don't ever think that you know anything. Right. Just, and this is not just for engineers, this is for right, anyone. Right. Ask as many questions as you can. Always be curious. Because those are the people that even I see people who have a lot of experience. When they're able to come in and ask questions, even though they already kind of know the answer, or I think they know the answer, I have so much respect for them, but also I know that there's this learning that's always going on, they're better for it. Hmm. So that would be my thing is be curious, ask a lot of questions.
0: Awesome. Good advice. All right. Well, Stephanie Buckingham, and Nichols, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thanks for having me. We This is great information. All engineers have to deal with difficult people, and I think mm-hmm. you've given them some tools to do that. So remember, please subscribe to our YouTube channel here so you can get all of our podcast episodes. And again, Stephanie, thank you for spending time with us.
1: All right. Thank you. Good luck.
0: Well, I really hope you enjoyed the visit to Freeze & Nichols in Fort Worth, Texas, as much as I did. It's just a great company, uh, very inspiring just to be around the, the atmosphere and the culture there. And Stephanie is, as you heard in the interview, she really is amazing. And what's great about her position, it's great that companies in the engineering world are hiring people like Stephanie to focus on developing their engineering professionals. When I started this company, geez, 10 years ago, this was not as prevalent. And it was something that I was hoping would continue to develop. And I think engineering firms are realizing that projects are becoming more and more complex. And not only do engineers need to focus on projects, but they also need to focus on themselves. And having someone like Stephanie or professionals like Stephanie that are in the industry helping engineers, it just makes the engineers so much better, in my opinion. So kudos to Frieza Nichols and kudos to Stephanie and her team for all the work that they are doing. All right, real quick, just a housekeeping announcement. You may know that we have a course called the Engineering Management Accelerator Online Workshop. It's a remote workshop. It runs the course of about five weeks. You can expect to do about one to two hours of work per week during the course. And it's focused around helping you improve your people skills so you could be the best engineering manager that you can be. You can check it out at engineertomanager.com. That's engineer to manager, engineertomanager.com. And because of the demand for the workshop, we've added a session that will be running mid-May to the end of June. So you'll be all done for July 4th weekend and for the summer. And we really hope that you'll consider joining us. We have limited spots, but just go to to engineertomanager.com, sign up. Your company most likely will reimburse you. You can get five PDHs in all states except New York. And you're improving your management people skills. So you make a good case, about 90% of our students have been reimbursed. And if you'd like to see the show notes for this episode where you'll find all the links for everything that Stephanie and I talked about, the different books and resources, just go to civilengineeringpodcast.com and look for episode number 115. Again, you'll find a summary of the key points as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that we mentioned. And until next time, I wish you all of the best in your civil engineering career endeavors.